Welcome to As a Woman, Fertility Hormones and Beyond. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Crawford, and I am a board-certified OBGYN and fertility physician and also co-founder of Fora Fertility in Austin, Texas. Each week on this podcast, I discuss health and fertility and how they relate to your true self. Become a part of the community of collaboration that amplifies others as a woman. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome back to the As A Woman podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Crawford, and today we are going to be diving into some of your fertility questions. I'm a board-certified OBGYN and REI, I'm a fertility doctor, and I am here so that you can learn more about your body, be a better advocate for yourself, and really live a healthier life because your fertility, your reproductive health, your hormones, you deserve to understand all of that. So what we're going to do is today I'm answering some of your voicemail questions. These are questions that you called and you left on the As Woman voicemail. The number for the voicemail is 657-229-3672. You can call and leave your questions and we answer them. The more questions we get, the more of these we do. I love these episodes. You can also ask questions on Instagram on Monday at Natalie Crawford MD. Those questions will be answered some on Mondays some in the weekly newsletter, which you can sign up for at nataliecrawfordmd.com slash newsletter, and some at the end of our regular podcast episodes. I love these Q&A episodes because I feel like it is such a wonderful way for you to learn. Sometimes we don't know what questions we have until we hear somebody else ask them. So that's what we're going to do today, and today I'm going to be answering your miscarriage questions. You know that this is near and dear to my heart having experience four losses before I had my kids. I know that it's also something that there's a lot of stigma to and people don't talk about as much. So hopefully we'll be answering your questions and helping you get some answers. So again, if you want to ask questions for the Q&A episodes on the voicemail, you can call and leave your voicemail at 657-229-3672. Hi, Dr. Natalie Crawford. I'm a Canadian um, who's currently living um, in Africa right now for work. I had a miscarriage um, and passed it naturally. And the my doctor here in Ethiopia told me to come in the next day to check that the pregnancy tissue had passed successfully. So the day after miscarriage, I went in, had an ultrasound. He said everything looks good. Um, there were some blood clots that would clear within the next uh, week, most likely. I stopped any kind of spotting um, by two weeks after. And I also have done like a home pregnancy test and there's no line um, indicating HCG. I'm just wondering... Is there any need to do another ultrasound or, you know, if your HCG has gone back down to zero, can you assume that everything is fine, everything's passed, there's no um, remaining tissue? Just wanting to check this out because I know I've heard on your show about Asherman syndrome, so I want to make sure I don't have anything left, but um, I did have the ultrasound right after and my HCG now is zero. So looking forward to your answer. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate your show. It means a lot to me. Thanks. Bye. These are really great questions, and it's bringing home just a little bit about what's happening with miscarriage and the follow-up, which I hear this all the time. Nobody really talks about. So let's just think about what is happening when you're miscarrying. 
First of all, when you have the pregnancy, HCG is made from the pregnancy itself. It then gets into the maternal blood supply as that placenta is implanting. And then that HCG is stimulating the corpus luteum to make progesterone. And that is keeping you from bleeding. Now, the HCG levels are supposed to double approximately every two days in early pregnancy. Once you see a pregnancy on ultrasound, there's no need to keep checking HCG levels because at that point, if everything is looking good, if the pregnancy's got a heartbeat on ultrasound, we no longer really care about what the HCG is. So HCG is very helpful in early pregnancy and in monitoring after a loss. So in early pregnancy, you're looking for that rise, that constant and increased HCG is going to stimulate more and more progesterone. This is the feedback mechanism from pregnancy to the body to tell the body, hey, everything's good, carry on. Now, what is happening when you miscarry? And remember, miscarriage can happen for a lot of different reasons. Number one is going to be that the pregnancy is just genetically abnormal. You can have random chromosome abnormalities, and that's called aneuploidy. When you have that, the pregnancy is not going to divide at the right pace. The metabolism is not right. And essentially, the HCG production is not going to meet that requirement. Therefore, it's not going to stimulate the corpus luteum to make enough progesterone. Corpus luteum only lives for about 12 to 14 days from brain stimulation. After that, it's 100% reliant on the pregnancy. So if HCG is not rising fast enough, it's not being stimulated to make enough progesterone. Therefore, your body senses a drop in progesterone production and it leads to miscarriage. The follow-up, as that HCG drops, then your body is going to no longer be suppressed. So what happens is when you have HCG, it's inhibiting the brain from sending out any more FSH or getting another egg to grow. So when HCG drops and the brain will send out FSH and you'll be able to ovulate again. So remember, you might bleed, still have HCG, you're going to ovulate at some time period before you get another period. And this is why it can just be a little bit hard to detect when you ovulate after that loss. Now what we're looking for when we're following up with a loss is that we want that HCG to drop. So getting a negative pregnancy test, I'm already way less worried about you after you told me that information. Because that means we don't have any retained placental products or something inside still making HCG. Now remember that a pregnancy test is only checking for HCG and it's not HCG itself that could cause scar tissue or asherins. It's actually the act of having retained products that can then cause inflammation inside the uterus and residual scar tissue. Having an ultrasound, having a blood clot, miscarriage is a process. What I would say is if you get to your negative pregnancy test and your next period comes and then things seem normal, I am now not worried. If you don't get a period, you have a lot of cramping, your period's really different. It's really spotty or dark or funny. That's when I would say you need another ultrasound or a saline sonogram or some evaluation of the uterine cavity in case something is going on or you do have Asherman's. Again, Asherman's syndrome is a scarring inside the uterus. It is not common at all, but it can happen. It is most common to happen after times where that uterine wall has been invaded. So this can be with postpartum blood loss, retained placenta either postpartum or from an early loss, from a DNC. It can even happen anytime we have damage. So fibroids being removed, 
IUDs inside, infections inside the uterus, those are not common causes, but the most common is going to be in the pregnancy and postpartum sequela because that is when the uterus is really being invaded by that placenta and the risk of that area not healing does exist. So long story short, I'm not really worried. Your HCG went to zero and if your periods return as we would expect, seems great. If you have any abnormal bleeding, I would then recommend that you get an ultrasound or further evaluation. And now a word from one of our sponsors, Rocket Money. Did you know that nearly 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about? Embarrassingly, I am one of those as well. And Rocket Money can cancel a subscription for you that otherwise could have been a time-consuming process. Between streaming services, fitness apps, and delivery services, it can be never-ending. So Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. They monitor your spending and help you lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash A-A-W. That's rocketmoney.com slash A-A-W. Rocketmoney.com slash A-A-W. And now a word from one of our sponsors, Caraway. Spring is coming and I always love a good home reset. Non-toxic cookware is the perfect way for you to kick off your own spring cleaning. With so many collections to explore, there is a caraway for every cook. Their internet-famous kitchenware is a staple for any home. It comes with beautiful shades to fit your aesthetic, but most importantly, you're ditching the chemicals. Caraway's non-toxic kitchenware comes a chemical-free ceramic coating so your food can be prepared without any of those hard-to-pronounce chemicals leaching in to your healthy ingredients. Everybody knows that I am a big believer that our environment impacts our body, and that's why I trust Caraway with my cooking. Visit carawayhome.com A-A-W to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive for our listeners, so visit carawayhome.com A-A-W or use the code A-A-W at checkout. Caraway non-toxic cookware made modern. Hi, Dr. Crawford. It's Justine from Canada. Um, I'm just calling just for a very specific question. Back in January of 2023, I had a second trimester uh, loss. It was a missed miscarriage that was discovered at my 18-week appointment. And later that week, we uh, had to go through an induction of labor and delivery of uh, of the baby. And after after all that happened, we uh, kind of just went about our merry way. I got my period back at six weeks. I did lactate a little bit. But there was no specific follow-up after. Um, I was advised by my OB to wait a couple cycles before trying again. And since we have started trying, it has been eight cycles and we have not conceived. Um, I had no issues conceiving prior. I have a two-year-old son and I've conceived a total, I believe, of three times. Had no issues and now I'm suddenly having issues. What would you recommend to somebody who has had a second trimester miscarriage and is now having issues conceiving? I'd really like to know your opinion on that. Thank you so much, and thanks again for everything that you do. Bye. I want to start off by just saying I'm so sorry for everything that you've been through. This can be just such a traumatic experience that sometimes you don't even process it in the real time. And then to double down on the trauma of the loss 
is infertility. And I hear this so often from miscarriage patients where you transition from, well, we had no trouble conceiving. We just lost a pregnancy into now I can't even get pregnant and what's going on. So of course there's always things like random chance, which y'all know I don't love attributing things to. There is also age, right? You're older now than at prior pregnancies. So certainly age and egg quality play a huge role, especially if you crossed over certain age thresholds, namely being 37 a few years ago, if you're 39 or 40 now. But the thing that I am concerned about with this story is that have we evaluated everything post second trimester termination to make sure that the uterus and the tubes still look fine? As said in the prior question, the healing process from the uterus after a placenta is pretty intense. The bigger the pregnancy, the further along you were, the more that placenta grew in. And if you had to go in very often, you know, they're scraping out a placenta, etc. So I would want to check if your uterus and fallopian tubes are open. This could be with an HSG test. HSG is a hysterosalpingogram. This is where you're putting dye inside the uterus and watching with x-ray. This is going to distend the uterine cavity, so you should see if the cavity looks normal. Remember, this is a test that's just telling you normal or not normal. If it's not normal, you're going to hear the results of something called a filling defect. It may not tell you 100% what it is. Is there retained placenta? Is it scar tissue? Is it a polyp? Is it a fibroid? You don't always get all the answers. But if it's not normal, then you would want to follow that up with hysteroscopy, putting a camera inside the uterus. Now, the other thing that can happen is that your tubes could be blocked. And I know this is a mind game, but if there was scarring or inflammation from that loss or heavy blood loss, that could cause scarring at those tubal ostea. And you might have now new onset tubal disease that you didn't have before. Again, HSG tests will give you that answer. The last thing is that let's not forget that sperm changes every three months. So I've seen somebody, their partner got COVID, their sperm count plummeted, it took six to nine months to improve. Or their partner started using testosterone. They went to a men's health clinic and got on T because they had low libido. And coming off testosterone, it can take 10 to 14 months for those sperm counts to even start to regenerate for what we call spermatogenesis to begin again. So that's all very long-winded to say, please make sure that at this juncture, you're getting a full fertility evaluation. That would be checking your ovarian reserve, checking your other endocrine hormones, checking anatomy with an HSG test for uterine and tubes, and checking a semen analysis. I'm sending you tons of love. I know it is so hard. The fact that you've gotten pregnant in the past is still overall a predictive factor, and I'm sending you all the good vibes that it can happen again. Hi, Dr. Crawford. Uh, my name is Brianna, and I really love your podcast. So thank you for all of the knowledge that you spread for women like me. I guess my question is, in the year 2023, I have experienced two chemical pregnancies ending in week four and five. And I've been diagnosed with PCOS and referred to a fertility doctor here in Texas that I've been seeing. All my blood work came back normal. I went and had a hysteroscopy done, and their immediate, everything was normal with that, but their immediate treatment plan was to do IVF. And so I'm just wondering if that is normal. I feel like it is a little bit money-motivated 
and I'm just trying to see if I should maybe start looking for a different clinic if I feel like I'm not being uh, heard. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Really good question that hits on a couple different points. The first one is being that you should know why your doctor is recommending IVF. And if it's unclear why they're recommending IVF and you ask them, you should get your questions answered or get a clear explanation. There might very well be a reason. And in your doctor's mind, they might be super clear. They feel like it's the best way to get you to your goals based on length of time trying, something that you got back in testing, the sperm, something else, your age. All of that said, it should be communicated to you. So if you're not feeling like you're having good communication or your gut ever tells you to get another opinion, you can always get another opinion. This is such an interesting field of medicine because because I feel like people are afraid their doctor is going to be very angry at them or if you get another opinion, then you don't like it. You try to come back. It's going to be a no-no. The reality is, as a doctor-patient relationship, fertility is very personal. We do a lot that is so evidence-based, but then we have to stay on the fringe of science as tech advances faster and faster. So get the other opinion if your gut's telling you something's not right, and maybe it is exactly you need IVF. Maybe it is your chemical pregnancies are most certainly due to your age And this is the only thing I can offer you that's going to make a difference. I say that to patients all the time. I've done all the other testing. You don't have a septum. You don't have anything that I can treat with medication. You get pregnant. So the only way that I can go in and change your odds of getting to live birth is going to be to figure out which embryos are genetically normal because I'm left with in your circumstance based on XYZ reason, believing that you have a higher percentage of genetically abnormal embryos. But your doctor should tell you that. So the end might be the same, but you deserve to know that. And certainly in the end, it might make no difference. It might be the same recommendation. On the flip, it could be a totally different recommendation. And then you'll be really, really happy you got that opinion. So it is true. Chemical losses are often due to failure of implantation. And one of the top causes there is going to be random genetic abnormalities. And of course, the older you are, the increased odds you're going to experience that. Now, we also see a lot of other things, endocrine disorders and, you know, egg quality or inflammation or autoimmune disease, blood clotting disorders, septums, uterine issues can also cause miscarriage. So sounds like There's a lot of moving parts. Sounds like you've had the evaluation and they didn't find any clear cut reason. The recommendation might be sound, but it really does depend on the full picture. And I always say you should know why. So get another opinion. And I promise your doctor is not going to hold that against you. Hi, Dr. Crawford. My name's Kelly and I am totally falling in love with your podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. Uh, I'm sure a lot of the women listening uh, just crave the new episodes. I first heard you on Andrew Huberman, and I'm just diving in deep. I'm going to give you a bit of the background of my story. Hopefully, there is time I don't get cut off, and I will summarize it really quick in a question at the end, so hopefully you can chop up this one bit. So I recently turned 30 years old. My husband and I have been trying to get pregnant for one year. I was on the pill for about 15 years with two IUD stints in my mid-20s. 
I came off the pill in May of 2022, and my period took until November of 2022 to return. But in the time between November, when I actually got pregnant, um, I had normal periods. Um, we got pregnant right away on the first time we tried in January, but at 10 weeks, I miscarried. My HCG returned to zero by June of 2023. So in July, we got pregnant. I had a chemical, and now I've had a chemical pregnancy every single month since July. So that's one 10-week um, miscarriage with a DNC, and then five chemicals back to back. Our tests with the fertility clinic have all come back completely normal, although I do have a slightly lower AMH level at 19. But everything else is good, and we're waiting on our karyotyping to come back. I'm taking mitochondrial supplements, uh, folic acid, and then the regular prenatal. I'm curious. With 10 weeks miscarriage and five back-to-back chemicals, what do you think is going on? We have an extremely time getting pregnant, but not staying pregnant. If I was your patient, what would you recommend? Is this a common pattern that you've seen? A lot of research that I've read or podcasts that I'm listening to talk about trying to get pregnant and reasons why the egg and the sperm might not be meeting. That's not our issue. And I'm just curious what factors may you look at um, if you see someone who is continually getting pregnant, but it's not sticking. Thank you so much. And I hope this is a question worth answering. And now a word from one of our sponsors, Ritual. Did you know that 97% of women aged 19 to 50 are not getting enough vitamin D from their diet? Ritual's Essential for Women 18 and Plus was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% in a clinical study. I love Ritual and I love taking their Essential for Women 18 Plus every single day. One reason I love it is that it's gentle on an empty stomach and it has a minty essence. So every bottle feels refreshing, and is actually enjoyable. It's also clinically backed multivitamin with high quality and traceable key ingredients, and they have industry-leading sustainability standards. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 and Over is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com A-A-W. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash A-A-W for 25% off. And now a word from one of our sponsors, Quince. My closet has a tendency to get chaotic and crammed with a bunch of clothes that I don't really want to wear. What's been a game changer for me has been upgrading to high quality and affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have a wardrobe full of luxury and classic essentials and I stayed on budget. The best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands, and they do this by partnering directly with top factories, cutting out the middleman and passing the savings on to us. In addition, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing and premium products and finishes. I personally am loving the linen pieces as it's Texas and summer's upon us. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash A-A-W for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash A-A-W to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash A-A-W. First of all, 
Yes, your question, all questions are very, very worth answering. Second, so glad you found your way here. The Huberman podcast, y'all, that was a whirlwind. They flew me to LA. We recorded for almost four hours. His producer, who's fantastic, had to call me an Uber and shove me in it immediately as we drove to LAX and I barely made my flight. It was chaotic because... Andrew and I could have kept talking. It was just such a really great discussion. He had such well thought out questions and I'm just really pleased by how it reached everybody. Third, I'm so sorry for everything you've been through. It just sucks and I've been there. The thing that comes to the top of my head, okay? So I guess two factors. One is that the normal evaluation for recurrent pregnancy loss, which hopefully has been undertaken, includes testing for endocrine diseases. So that would be thyroid disease. I would include autoimmune thyroid disease in there. So that would include TPO and thyroglobulin antibodies. It would also include a prolactin. It would include screening hemoglobin A1C for prediabetes. We check for antiphospholipid antibody syndrome, which is a clotting disorder that's autoimmune and etiology screening for fragile X, screening for the carrier types, which sounds like pending for both you and your partner, a semen analysis to look at the shape of the sperm as abnormal morphology has been associated with loss, and then anatomical evaluation, really making sure that you're checking the inside of the uterus and the fallopian tubes. Okay, let's presume we live in a world where all that stuff has been done in normal. Often, surprisingly, it hasn't been done. People come to me and they had the very basics done and we go and we do some other testing and we find something else out. It also sounded like you said you had low ovarian reserve. So if I'm taking a step back, I'm looking at somebody who was on long-term contraception, got pregnant immediately, really, once they first start trying, have a loss that gets pretty further along, and then these different chemicals and a relatively lengthy time to get to a negative HCG. So I really hope we've had a saline sonogram inside the uterus to make sure everything's good there. I'm going to presume that we have and that anatomy is fine. So that could be something if you had scar tissue or something abnormal inside the uterus after the DNC. That's number one on my list. Then I'm saying, okay, you are on the pill. And the longer that we've gone, in some aspects, the worse things have been. And the two scenarios that really start to fit into this idea could be if you potentially have any endometriosis that's been undiagnosed, or PCOS. And the reason why is that being on the pill both treats, and I'm putting that in quotes, treats these in different ways. So we'll use PCOS first. Now with PCOS, you would tend to have a high AMH. I think you said you had a low AMH. But in PCOS, you tend to have a high AMH. This can cause you to have slightly irregular periods, but essentially... What can happen with PCOS is the birth control pills because they cause you to have an increase in sex hormone binding globulin, which is a hormone that binds to circulating free hormones. So the big takeaway is it lowers your testosterone. And this is one of the metabolic changes that we see in PCOS that when you're on the pill, you don't have. And the longer you've been off the birth control pill, your T might start rising and you might start seeing some of those changes, and sometimes they're subtle. We often expect testosterone to give us a beard or a face full of acne, but it can be subtle. It can cause some period irregularities, lighter periods. It can cause central weight gain, like think of man distribution weight, like beer belly versus that like lower abdominal versus that female body shape we think about, but hips, thighs. It can cause fatigue, depression, mood disorders, lower energy, it can cause insulin resistance, sensitivity to foods. 
But if you have PCOS, then you do have an increased chance of miscarriage. And part of this is due to one ovulatory dysfunction with potentially poor luteal phases, but also due to some of those metabolic changes. The one that I think could be more common would be endometriosis or just autoimmune disease in general. So we'll use endo as an example. Endometriosis is when your body has essentially an autoimmune reaction to endometrial cells. The simple way to describe this is the endometrium is the lining of your uterus. When you have a cramping period, you have a period, blood comes out your vagina, that's your period blood, but you also do have blood cells that migrate out through the fallopian tubes. And although there are a lot of different thoughts about why endo develops, people who don't have endo also will have blood come out those tubes on their period. And so we feel like the endo pathway is an abnormal reaction to that blood. Think of it as an autoimmune inflammatory response, where then you have these inflammation markers that increase. So when that happens, every time you ovulate, every ovulatory cycle, that estrogen, that estradiol from the ovaries is stimulating these lesions. And all that time you were on birth control pills and not having periods and you weren't ovulating, you weren't stimulating these lesions, even if they were there. So your inflammation load was ultimately lower. Now, the longer we've gone, the more it's starting to reveal itself. And we know endometriosis can cause a drop in ovarian reserve, as can all autoimmune diseases. Autoimmune disease is something that can cause lower ovarian reserve and premature ovarian failure because your body responds to those antibodies in a very inflammatory pathway and chronic inflammation can be detrimental to lots of our tissues, including our ovary. We also know that endometriosis can be associated with recurrent implantation failure. We see this in IVF cycles that some patients with endo, specifically if they're not on a protocol to suppress the endo, have a higher chance of pregnancy loss and they have overall a greater percentage of unexplained infertility and recurrent implantation failure. So especially with you describing these chemical losses, my brain is automatically going to, is there inflammation? Is there undiagnosed autoimmune disease? Is there endometriosis? Is there something wrong in our ovulatory cycle? Is our luteal phase off? Or could we have something anatomically that is contributing inside our body? One other thing that I mentioned early was that sperm plays a big role here. And the sperm now is so different than the sperm a year ago. Sperm changes every three months. That's the life cycle of a sperm. So a partner who got a really bad COVID infection went on a crazy bender, smoked a lot of pot, drinking a ton of alcohol, got really sick, got diagnosed with diabetes, started taking a new medication, started taking a medication for hair loss. All of these things can actually contribute to impacting the sperm count. And we know that sperm counts do contribute to pregnancy rates, but we also don't think about sometimes some of these things impact sperm shape. So that can cause an increase in loss as well. Morphology is associated with pregnancy. And an example is that we know women are more likely to miscarry if their partner is smoking marijuana, even if you yourself are not and you're not around when they do. So it's definitely a sperm impact of that toxin that is resulting in that loss. So one mistake that I see is also saying like, this is just me, I'm losing it, it's not my partner. I recommend trying to evaluate those things for what you can, stopping toxins, drinking, smoking marijuana, anti-inflammatory diet, and supplements. So CoQ10, vitamin C, vitamin E, and acetylcysteine, prenatal vitamin, omega-3 fatty acids, vitamin D, and then really whole food heavy diet 
the real foods are the best foods. Limit the processed foods, limit the sugars, limit the processed meats, really pay attention. And there's a lot out there on autoimmune diets or low inflammatory diets. And I would give that a try. It's not going to hurt you. Decreasing your inflammation is never going to hurt you. And if it possibly could help you in your circumstance while you're trying to get to the answer, that's what we all want. Sending you lots and lots of love. At the end of the day, even if everything is very, very normal, there's absolutely a case that whether it's luteal phase progesterone or ovulation induction with progesterone could be a treatment option if we can't find everything and the sperm is normal and the tubes are open because at least then you're correcting potential ovulatory or luteal issues that can be hard to detect. Love, love. To everybody who has lost a pregnancy out there, I'm sending you a ton of love. I know how hard it is myself. I had four losses before I had my kids. I went through a huge overhaul in my entire life and really found that the answers I was getting, they were lacking and I was a physician, so I get it. I know how dismissed you may feel. I know how when everything comes back normal, you're just kind of said, hey, almost like you just have to deal with it. And I really believe there's just so much because miscarriage has been stigmatized and not talked about. We didn't make it a priority to research and therefore there's just a lack of information. I believe the body's connected. So I think you guys are all doing the right thing by trying to get answers. And if you're not with a doctor who you feel like is supporting you, find another one. All right, guys. Well, hopefully you like these voicemail question and answer sessions as much as I do, because I would love to hear more of your questions. You can call 657-229-3672. Again, that is 657-229-3672 and leave your voicemails. You can tell me who you are and where you're from and how you found me. I love that. But you also don't have to. You can just ask your question because you deserve answers. I have tons of other content out there. So also please check out the other episodes in the podcast and the YouTube channel. You can have those YouTube videos. It's Natalie Crawford, MD. You can search them and see some of the top ones, shorter, more bite-sized tidbits of content. If you're really looking to dive into your life, your lifestyle, what you can do to understand and optimize your chance of conceiving, I have the courses. There's the Enhance Your Natural Fertility course and the IVF course. They are there to support you and give you information. And there's a Facebook group with the fertility course that is fantastic. You can find information about all of those on the website at nataliecrawfordmd.com. And again, every Monday on Instagram, check out our Q&A section. You can ask your questions and they will be answered on Instagram some of these podcast episodes, and in the newsletter. As always, thanks, friends. Thank you all for listening to As a Woman. It would mean so much if you could rate, review, and follow the podcast to be notified of new episodes every Sunday. I hope you learned something new, and I hope you share it with someone in your life. Be sure to follow along on Instagram at Natalie Crawford MD and check out the YouTube channel Natalie Crawford MD. If you're interested in becoming a patient, you can also follow Fora Fertility. I'm so thrilled to have you here, part of the community that amplifies others as a woman. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy. 
Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive, sought-after, rare, and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.